Hello, statistical savants and model-minded mavens. Welcome back to another brain-tingling episode of Number Crunch, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of statistics, making the complex utterly approachable. I'm your co-host, Tom, ready to demystify the digits. And I'm Jen, your navigator through the numerical jungle. Today's episode is particularly exciting as we unravel the mysteries of PSU Stats 501 Lesson 6, MLR Estimation, Prediction, and Model Assumptions. That's right, Jen. MLR, or Multiple Linear Regression, for those tuning in for the first time, is like a Swiss army knife for data analysts. It's a powerful tool that lets us explore the relationships between one dependent variable and several independent variables. Oh, it's a statistical party and everyone's invited the more the merrier, right? But as with any shindig, there's a lot to coordinate. We'll kick things off with MLR estimation techniques, discussing the least squares method and how we use it to find the best fitting line through our multivariate data cloud. Then we'll tackle prediction using multiple linear regression, guiding you through the maze of coefficients and how to use them to make educated guesses about future outcomes. And trust us, it's easier than predicting what Jen's going to have for lunch today. Hey, my lunch choices are complex and nuanced, Tom, just like our third segment on model assumptions in multiple linear regression. We'll delve into the nitty-gritty of ensuring your model is built on solid ground, covering linearity, independence, homocedasticity, and normality. So stick around as we plot our way through the intricacies of MLR and ensure that by the end of this episode, you'll be estimating, predicting, and checking those assumptions like a seasoned statistician. Grab your calculators and your curiosity, because Number Crunch is about to serve up some hot, fresh insights straight from the oven of knowledge. Welcome to Episode 37, Modeling Mastery, Unlocking the Secrets of MLR. Let's get those numbers rolling. All right, folks, let's get down to business with MLR estimation techniques. It's the foundation of everything we'll be talking about today, so roll up those sleeves and let's lay some groundwork. Imagine you're at a buffet and each dish represents a different variable that could affect the outcome of your meal, which is how satisfied you are after eating. In multiple linear regression, we're trying to figure out which dishes or variables contribute to that satisfaction and exactly how much each one adds to the flavor of the overall experience. Exactly, Jen. And for our statistical banquet, the method we most often use to estimate these effects is called ordinary least squares, or OLS. It's the culinary school for data, teaching us how to combine our ingredients for the perfect recipe. The goal of OLS in MLR is all about finding the best fitting hyperplane, which is just a fancy way of saying we're trying to fit a line. But since we're dealing with more than two dimensions, it becomes a plane or potentially some kind of hyperdimensional shape that perfectly slices through our data points in a way that minimizes the distance between the observed values and the values predicted by our model. You can think of these distances as the seasoning, too much or too little, and the dish is ruined. In statistical terms, they're they're called residuals, and we want them to be as tiny as possible. To do this, we square these residuals, essentially penalizing larger errors more than smaller ones, and then sum them all up to get what's called the residual sum of squares. From there, it's like a game show where the lowest score wins, and the OLS method is our tireless contestant, working hard to tweak the coefficients, which represent the contribution of each variable until that residual sum of squares hits rock bottom. 
that's when you know you've got the best fit. And when we say best, we mean statistically best because there's no better feeling than finding a model that hugs your data like a tight pair of jeans, snug but not too constricting. Of course, we're glossing over the mountain of math that goes into this process, but if you're the type who loves a good algebraic adventure, the matrix algebra involved here is like summiting Everest. And while you're soaking in the view from that statistical summit, let's pause for a moment to admire the scenery before we take our next step. That next step, prediction using multiple linear regression, is where we'll be headed after a quick break. Hang tight, we'll be right back with more MLR goodness. And we're back, ready to plunge into the riveting realm of prediction using multiple linear regression. After fitting our MLR model with all the precision of a master tailor, it's time to see it strut down the runway of real-world application. That's where prediction comes into play. It's like using a crystal ball, except this one doesn't rely on mystic smoke or vague prophecies. It uses hardcore math and data to peer into the future. You've got it, Jen. With the coefficients we've so carefully estimated, we can now take new data, information on those independent variables that haven't been part of our model building process, and estimate what the dependent variable would be. Think of it as a forecast. Just as meteorologists use models to predict the weather, we use our MLR model to predict out-of-sample outcomes. We have our equation, it's been trained with historical data, and now we can input fresh information to get a glimpse of what's to come. But hold your horses, or should I say, hold your predictors. We've got to remember that our predictions are only as good as our model, and even the best model is a simplification of reality. That's why understanding the uncertainty in our predictions is just as crucial as the predictions themselves. Right, Tom. That uncertainty is quantified using what's known as prediction intervals. These intervals give us a range where we can expect the true outcome to fall with a specified level of confidence. It's like saying we're pretty sure the true value is going to be between here and here, about 95 times out of 100. Exactly. And it's important to note the difference between a prediction interval and a confidence interval. While a confidence interval is all about how confident we are in our estimation of the mean response, the prediction interval covers the uncertainty around an individual predicted value, which naturally means it's going to be wider. So let's say we've gathered some data on house prices. Our MLR model can help us predict the price of a house based on its size, location, number of bedrooms, and whether it has that coveted sea view or not. And if someone comes to us with a house that's 2,000 square feet in a hip neighborhood with three bedrooms and a panoramic view of the ocean, our MLR model can predict the price of that house plus minus a certain amount based on the prediction interval. This is incredibly useful in so many areas, from setting prices to deciding on policy to planning business strategies. However, we want to make sure those predictions are standing on solid statistical ground. Which brings us to our final segment, Model Assumptions in Multiple Linear Regression. We're going to take a sharp turn into Assumption Avenue right after another quick break. Stay tuned as we ensure the streets of our MLR model city are well-paved and pothole-free. See you in a bit. Welcome back. We're all fueled up and ready to hit Assumption Avenue. Now this might sound like bureaucratic red tape, but without checking these assumptions, our beautiful model could be as unstable as a house of cards in a wind tunnel. 
Nicely put, Tom. When we talk about model assumptions in multiple linear regression, it's like a checklist to ensure your model accurately reflects the data without being misled by anomalies or irregularities. First up on our assumption checklist is linearity. This means the relationship between our predictors and our dependent variable must be, well, linear. But life isn't always a straight line, is it, Jen? Absolutely not, Tom. When relationships in our data curve and twist, we need to be ready to either transform our data to fit the linear model, or maybe even consider a different type of model altogether. It's like trying to fit a round peg into a square hole. You either shape the peg or find a round hole. Next, we've got independence. Our observations should not be related to one another. Each data point needs to tell its own story, not whisper secrets to its neighbors. Homocedasticity is our next stop. What a mouthful. This assumption says the variability in our response should be roughly the same across all levels of the independent variables. Think of it like spreading peanut butter on toast. It should be evenly spread, not clumped in one corner or another. And our final assumption is normality. We're not talking about being average or unexceptional here. We're talking about the residuals. They should follow a normal distribution, making that iconic bell-shaped curve. We don't want the statistical equivalent of a lopsided hat. These assumptions can be checked through various diagnostic plots and tests. For example, a scatter plot of residuals against predicted values is great for spotting patterns that might violate homoscedasticity. And of course, the quintessential QQ plot, or quantile-quantile plot, gives us a good visual on whether our residuals are throwing a normal distribution party or if they're being party poopers. But don't freak out if your model doesn't meet every assumption perfectly. Some violations are more serious than others, and there are often remedies like transforming variables or adding new terms to the model. Just like real life, flexibility and adjustment are key. Knowing these assumptions and how to test them means you're equipped to build robust and reliable models. That's the kind of statistical craftsmanship that stands the test of time. And that, dear listeners, wraps up our expedition through PSU Stats 501 Lesson 6, MLR Estimation, Prediction, and Model Assumptions. From the estimations to predictions and the foundations that uphold them, you're now primed to explore the vast landscapes of multiple linear regression. We hope you've enjoyed the journey and feel empowered to start creating and navigating your own MLR models. Understanding these concepts is a powerful addition to your analytic toolbox, and we can't wait to see where your newfound skills will take you. Thanks for tuning in to Number Crunch, where numbers come alive and stats drive the story. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes, and don't forget to leave us a review if you had an aha moment today. Until next time, keep crunching those numbers. Well, as all good things must come to an end, so too must this episode of Number Crunch. We've navigated the nuances of MLR, from the shores of estimation to the peaks of prediction and the framework of assumptions. It's been quite the statistical saga. We started with the bedrock of MLR estimation techniques, peeling back the curtain to reveal the magic of ordinary least squares, that special sauce that fits our model just right. From there, we ventured into the wilds of prediction using multiple linear regression, where the power of our carefully crafted model shined, allowing us to peer into the future of our data's story. And let's not forget our trek down Assumption Avenue, where we inspected the critical supports that keep our MLR models standing strong and true. Linearity, independence, 
homoscedasticity, and normality. Without them, we'd be building our statistical house on sand. We've covered a lot of ground, shared a few laughs, and hopefully sparked more than a few moments of clarity. Remember, these are not just theoretical exercises. These are tools that can illuminate insights in any field that deals with data, economics, psychology, medicine, and beyond. So keep exploring, keep questioning, and most importantly, keep crunching those numbers. The more you practice, the more intuitive these concepts will become, and the more adept you'll be at using multiple linear regression to make sense of the world around us. And with that, it's time for us to log off. If you've had as much fun listening as we've had hosting, spread the love, tell a friend about us, or share your favorite insights from today's episode on your social channels. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We're always cooking up something informative and fun, and we'd hate for you to miss out. As always, I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. And this has been Number Crunch. Keep your questions big and your standard errors small. Until next time, goodbye and happy data analyzing. See ya.